There is an old proverb which says that all roads lead to Rome. Uh, you've probably used it yourself to mean something like different routes can take you to the same goal. The origin of the saying has to do with a monument in the center of Rome called the Miliarium Orium, the Golden Milestone. The monument, part of which still exists in the Forum, was set up by Caesar Augustus around 20 BC. It was the point of origin of all the main roads in the Roman Empire, and it measured the distances in the empire from one place to another. Anyway, that's the theory behind the saying. No one knows if Romans themselves used the phrase, but it made its first appearance in literature in the year 1175 in a book written by a theologian named Alain de Lille. He wrote, Mille vie ducunt hominis per secula Romam. A thousand roads lead men to Rome forever. Uh, the reason why was clear to anyone who had ever been there. Until the city collapsed around 746, Rome was one of the great cosmopolitan cities of the world. With a population of one million, it ruled an empire of over 90 million people, about 20% of the world's population. So, if you wanted to wake up in a city that doesn't sleep and find that you're king of the hill, top of the heap, then Rome was the place to be. Roman roads brought the apostles Peter and Paul there, so to Justin Martyr, Irenaeus, Augustine, Tertullian, Jerome, and others who played a critical role in handing on Catholic faith, which is why we call them fathers of the church. But not everyone who went to Rome with theological pretensions did so in the service of the Catholic faith. One of those was a rich ship owner from the Black Sea named Marcion of Sinope. He was a purveyor of questionable theological ideas and arrived in Rome about the year 140. Marcion had a completely different take on Christianity. He taught that the God of the Old Testament was a spiteful, jealous, and malicious God who punished human beings for their sins through suffering and death. He said that Jesus was not the Jewish Messiah. He was a spiritual messenger sent by another God. Marcion called this other God the stranger God, or sometimes he called him the alien God. A stranger or an alien, because until Jesus revealed him, said Marcion, no one even knew this God existed. If the Old Testament God was hateful, the stranger God, the alien God, was merciful and compassionate. And not merely content to invent two deities, Marcion's theological extremism took him even one step further. He produced his own Bible by removing from the canon of the scriptures the entire Old Testament from Genesis to Malachi. Well, why not if the God of the Old Testament was an evil God? And because the apostles got Christ's message all wrong, he also removed Mark, Matthew, and John from the New Testament and kept a very slimmed-down edited version of Luke and ten of Paul's epistles. Now, some of you may be wondering where I'm going with this, and the rest of you are probably hoping I get there soon. The real question is not where I'm going, it's where I'm starting from. 
And that is the sobering question that Job asks in today's first reading. Is not man's life on earth a drudgery? And I'd like to point out to you that we all responded to that reading with thanks be to God. Seven chapters before this question, God points out to Satan that Job is a blameless, upright man. Satan answers with a clever taunt, actually a wager. Job is only righteous because he says he enjoys God's favor. Withdraw that favor and allow Job to experience the misfortunes of the rest of humanity, sickness, suffering, death, taxes, and Job will end up cursing God to his face. God accepts the challenge, and this is how Job's troubles begin. Marcion's eyes would have been attracted to the book of Job, and for all the wrong reasons. He wasn't inventing a new religion. He was giving victimization a bully pulpit. He knew that confronted with unfathomable loss or unmerited suffering like Job, human beings ultimately conclude that what they are experiencing is completely unfair and unjust. And that means that it has to be God's fault, because God is the creator of the universe. God maintains the universe. He holds all the cards with a couple of aces up his sleeve. And when it's for, so the blame for the suffering and injustice in the world, the earthquakes, tsunamis, hurricanes, cancer, in the common cold, all get laid at the feet of the gotcha God, the God who's making a list, checking it twice, going to find out who's naughty or nice. And proof that Marcion's intuition was close to the mark is the fact that the church he founded in Rome spread throughout the empire and lasted nearly 500 years well into the 6th century. And it pops up every time some major catastrophe happens in the news or somewhere on the planet and people begin to grumble about God. Well, we're not, we are Catholics, not Marcionites. The Catholic instinct has always been to replace bad theology with good theology. That means we have to read the whole of the Bible, both the Old and the New Testament, to grasp how the one true God has revealed himself over time through the divine economy. The Fathers said that the New Testament is hidden in the Old, and the Old Testament is fulfilled in the New. I had a teacher once who did this brilliantly by saying, that in his opinion, the book of Job was the origin of the Incarnation. Because when Job complains to God that God does not know what it means to be a human being, to suffer and to die, and to spend sleepless nights, God is forced to admit that Job is, well, Job's right. So in the mind of the Holy Trinity, a radical plan is hatched to send the divine Logos into the world to experience all that human beings have to experience, including death. The Creed and the Liturgy both teach us that the Lord Jesus is God become vulnerable for us, God revealing his inner life as self-emptying, love and compassion for his creation. This is the mark, this is the, the, the God that Mark portrays in his gospel, who, as we hear today, goes about healing and doing good. Not the stranger God, but the Savior God, ultimately revealed in the cross as the victim given for our salvation. And this is why John could say in his gospel, For God so loved the world that he sent 
his only begotten Son, and not for God so hated the world. <laughs> 